Welcome to the Wicked Radio Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Angela's Awesome Podcast, continuing the the journey to more joy 2016. Well, we're getting close, my people. This week's topic is forgiveness. So talk about a big, big topic and an important one for creating more joy. Huge. Yeah. A lot of us have some forgiving to do. And um, sometimes that ends up being uh, able to forgive ourselves too. That's another huge part of this. So um, without further ado, I'm going to get right to the live portion. It was rather long. Um, I left the recording on. I'm leaving it in there with all the feedback and the comments. And then at the end of the live portion, we're also talking about my next series, which is coming up in the spring. And for all you people listening that don't live in the Word River Valley, uh, I can definitely do the coaching remotely. Uh, you can, and I can do a deal, whatever. Uh, you'll get the podcast for free, obviously, and the worksheets if you print them out. But if you want to do, um, want me to create some checklists for you, um, I'm happy to do that. I don't have a price on that yet, but if you're interested, email me. My email is Angela at goingtoangelas.com. That is my website, goingtoangelas.com, and I'd be happy to um, put that together for you. In fact, I'd love it. So, here we go, the live portion, forgiveness. Okay, well, now, now, now what's happening? Save, save that for <laughs> She's worked all gosh darn days. Okay, Hillary's going to work her out. Welcome, everybody. Now, do not take that personally. That's for Cal. Big topic tonight. Forgiveness. So Rob almost came because this is one of Rob's favorite topics. Um, but no, he's home with the dogs. But before we start tonight, I would like to read a little meditation from Marianne Williamson. This is the book that I've been um, pulling from a lot. This is A Year in Miracles, of Miracles. And Marianne Williamson is, is anyone not familiar with her? Okay, so Marianne Williamson is basically, um, she is a student of The Course in Miracles, which is um, a very interesting spiritual manuscript. Um, and it basically, um, she wrote a book about it called The Return to Love. And um, that was, I don't know, a while ago. And Oprah got a hold of that, and that kind of rocketed her into. But she's basically a spiritual leader, a huge influence of mine. I love her. And The Course in Miracles is, um, Google that. That's what I'm going to say about that. Um, it's very powerful. It's, um, I did about, I didn't do the whole thing, but I did do it for a while and it was very, it was life altering. Has anybody done the Course in Miracles, gone through the course? Have you, Hillary? Just bits and pieces. Bits and pieces, it's yeah. It's a big commitment. It's a big commitment, um, but it's fabulous and yeah. I just, now I just take the bite-sized pieces from so here. What's so what's her name? Marianne Williamson. And she's mm -hmm. coming to the Wellness Festival. And she's coming to the Wellness oh Festival, so we have oh, to go. Oh, shut up. Is that really a... <laughs> oh, okay. This is so weird. Never mind. I'll explain afterwards. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Good. Got yeah, a big aha going. <laughs> yeah, she's coming okay. back to the Wellness Festival. 
So yeah. this is um, day 130, and this reflection is called On Making Love the Bottom Line. The probability vectors for the next 20 years are disturbing. Humanity is like the Titanic headed for the iceberg, whether the iceberg is weather catastrophe brought on by global warming, nuclear, nuclear disaster brought on by our reckless use of nuclear energy, or shortage of food and water supply. If looked at only through a rational lens, it could be argued that in all probability, one way or the other, our goose is cooked. But we have more than a rational lens through which to look. For a spiritual perspective broadens not only the quality of our perspective, but also the quantity of our choices. That is the invitation of this moment in history, to step out of the confines of the limited me mechanic, mechanic, <laughs> mechanized, mechanistic? Uh, yes, thank you, Kathy. Okay. Say it again. Mechanistic? Mechanistic, no, fear-based thinking that now dominates no. our civilization. The human race has reached a crossroads. Continue to think and act as we have been thinking and acting, thus reaping the consequences of a loveless, reckless way of being, or break through to the highest calling for life on earth to make love our new bottom line, thus creating the miracles that will save us from our own self-destructive ways. So this topic of forgiveness, it's making love the bottom line. And I think it's such an important topic because there's, the Course in Miracles says that there's not, there are very few things that forgiveness can't solve. But we don't live in a day and age where people practice forgiveness. We live in a day and age where it's, you know, we're going to retaliate. I'm going to get even. I'm going to one-up you. And I believe that she's continued, I think that this is true, like we have this moment where just every single person making the decision to change and making love the bottom line is going to make a difference. Like, we can't rely on some big something to change this for us. This is going to be us doing this kind of work. So I think this is a really important topic, um, and I think it's a spiritual solution. And I think it's really challenging. So I just wanted to set the stage for our intention. So as with previous coaching um, sessions, what I really like with these ideas is most of us know it's a good idea, right? We know acceptance is a good idea. We know that forgiveness is a good idea. We know that slowing down is a good idea, all these things. But then I like to try to talk about actual specifics as to what, how would I actually do something about that tomorrow, right? When I wake up tomorrow, how would this happen? Tonight's talk is going to be a little bit less like that and a little bit more um, inspirational, I hope, to continue this. Because if there's big things that need to be forgiven, then odds are that tonight is not going to just, here we go, whatever. But what I hope, and I have some things outlined in here, some ideas, I hope that you're like, wow, this is, I'm inspired. This is a big deal, and I want to continue doing this. So I... Um, we are going to do some writing, and we are going to do a little bit of work, but this is such a big thing that I believe this is an ongoing process. So if anybody really has some things come up tonight that, you know, like, wow, I really do need more forgiveness in my life, then I hope that some of these resources will be helpful, and I hope that you'll be inspired to follow up on it, and I'm certainly available to help you. I, I was thrilled to do, have to do the research for this. It was really powerful for me, and um, I know I wouldn't have gotten through the book as fast if I wouldn't have had this deadline. So um, 
without further ado, um, oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention before we get started is, you know, um, from a, you know, as an eating psychology coach, when you talk about things with the mind-body nutrition aspect and we talk about uh, dynamic eating psychology, what we talk about with these types of topics directly influences our bodies. Like, there is no separation. So when we, um, when we evolve spiritually, it makes it easier for the body to evolve physically. Like, there is, that is, that is not up for debate. That is the absolute truth. There, there's not, it, 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 science is starting to catch up and have studies, and we're going to talk about some of those tonight. But basically, if you want to change your metabolism, if you want to change the way your body is operating, if you want to increase your capacity for healing, this is a super powerful thing to do, to forgive. So, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. First one, forgiveness. So I looked it up in Wiki. Forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense. Let's go of negative emotions such as ven vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. That's from Wikipedia. Jeannie, are you okay in that chair? You look like you're like, oh, yeah. I can't. It's good for my pulse. You good? You need a little pillow or something? Okay. <laughs> All right. So that was from Wikipedia. And then forgiveness is one of the most metabolically powerful acts we can do. That's from my teacher, Mark David, Institute for the Psychology of Eating. So if you want to bump your metabolism, here we go. Forgiveness. He, um, we did a, a few sessions with him. Uh, he did like a three-hour lecture on um, soul lessons. He calls forgiveness one of the soul lessons. He says there's hundreds, but he, narrowed, he picked his top nine. This is number two for increasing metabolism. So if you're carrying around a state of resentment or unforgiveness, then count on your body not operating as, as effectively as it could be because basically it's causing a, a, a mild to moderate stress response to be in a state of unforgiveness. And the thing is, is that this is not a thing like, oh, you should be forgiving. This is a thing like just to bring awareness, to bring ideas, to bring inspiration, because as we're going to get into, it's hard. People have things happen to them that are very challenging to forgive. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it, right? So we're, not, we're definitely not trying to make anyone feel bad with this. Um, next page, why forgive? So... Good to know why. First of all, who doesn't want a better metabolism, right? Um, but here is um, a quote from the book that I used a lot for this. Um, it says, the quality of human life on the planet is nothing more than the sum total of our daily interactions. Forgiveness is the way we mend tears in the social fabric. It is the way we stop our human community from unraveling. So this is um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And his daughter, and I don't know how to say that, Mofo? I mean, I don't think that's right. That sounds does anyone, right. Yeah, does it? Well, I'm just um, teasing. Um, <laughs> do you want to sit on a ball or do you want to sit by Hillary? Okay. Um, so this book, the, the Book of Forgiving, so I wrote about, there's, I use this a ton. I strongly recommend this book. It's written down... Um, there's all kinds of quotes in this. Um, this is, I distilled down a lot of the ideas into this, but it, there's no way you can do it justice in an hour talk. Um, this is amazing. So if you, this talk tonight really resonates with you, this is an amazing thing. They have journal exercises. They have 
um, a cool thing that you do on every step with this rock, which I didn't do, but I think would be really neat to do. And um, it's I really recommend it. But I wanted to, part of the reason why I really recommend it also is because of who these people are. So Archbishop Desmond Tutu won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1984 and the Templeton Prize in 2013 and was the founding chair of the Elders. Does anybody know what the Elders is? I had to Google it. I wasn't sure. Has anybody heard of it? It's an independent group of global leaders working together for peace and human rights. Have you heard of them, Hillary? No. I hadn't heard of them. Um, from 2007 to 2013. So this guy's into peace, basically. Um, in 2009, oh, whoops, there's a little extra. In 2009, he, was received, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom. In 1994, Tutu was appointed the chair of South Africa's Truth and Reco um, Reconciliation Commission, where he pioneered the new way for countries to move forward after experiencing civil conflict and oppression. So this person is talking about forgiveness. He's talking about, he knows, I mean, he's been through this with people that have some serious things that have been, that they have been wronged and, and learning how to forgive. So we're not talking about someone that's, that's just saying, hey, this is a great idea. Yeah, my life's been pretty good. I've had a couple of rough batches. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. And then his daughter is the co-author, the Reverend Mofo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tutu is currently the executive director of the Desmond and Leah Tutu Legacy Foundation. The Desmond and Leah Tutu Legacy Foundation established in Cape Town, South Africa, harnesses, consolidates, preserves, and propagates the, val propagates the values, principles, and mission of its founders to contribute sustainably to the creation of a more compassionate world. She actually um, had a nanny living with her that was murdered. Um, so she talks about that throughout the book, which I didn't get into in this, but she also is someone who really has had some experience with some pretty major tragedies and, and gone about the process of forgiving. So when we're talking, so this, I used them a lot in this talk because as far as I'm concerned, um, they, they know what they're talking about when it comes to forgiveness. So, um, and then I love this little quote, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that prisoner, prisoner was you. Because that's the truth. When, when we're in a state of unforgiveness, it, it's, not, it's not about the other person. It's just not. It's not at all. It's about us. So why forgive? So next page is also about why forgive. Just some more quotes from the tutus. Um, without... Forgiveness, we remain tethered to the person who harmed us. That's, just, that's it. There's no arguing that. This is just the way it is. Because here's the thing. You're in relationship with them, whether it's on good terms or bad terms, but once you've had this type of an altercation, that's, they're in your life. They're part of your experience. Um, this this um, guy, Fred Leskin, Forgive for Good. I didn't read this book. This one's going to be next on my forgiveness book list before I do this talk again. Um, I didn't get to this one, but it looked really good to me. Um, but I loved this, and this is a few. He, did, he actually has some scientific studies saying that forgiveness training has been shown to reduce depression, increase hopefulness, decrease anger, improve spiritual connection, and increase emotional self-confidence. There's also medical and psychological studies that have also shown that a person holding on to anger and resentment is at higher risk for anxiety, depression, and insomnia, and is more likely to suffer from high blood pressure, ulcers, migraines, backaches, heart attack, and even cancer. 
And then, of course, there's our Louise Hay, resentment that is long held can eat away at the body and become the dis-ease we call cancer. I have found that forgiving and releasing resentment will dissolve even cancer. While this may sound simplistic, I have seen and experienced it working. So there's a case for physical, right? There's physical reasons why we would want to be forgiveness. Um, another quote from Mark David, our biology evolves as our soul evolves. So if you want to be, if you want to operate at a high vibration, if you want to operate at a really physically healthy space, you can't just treat the physical body. We can't ignore the soul lessons, right? Those things go hand in hand. And so sometimes when we stall out treating the physical body, it's time to start looking at the other realms. And that's where we sometimes run into walls, right? Like no doctor can help me. No one can do this. No one can do that. Sometimes those things are not going to be opened up until we are willing to look at some of the other realms. Um, and and, and often that's what it takes for us to look at the other realms, right? I mean, most of us start with a doctor, right? Something's not happening, we're going to start with a doctor. Doctor doesn't work, we're going to go, or we're going to start, most, in this room, most of us will probably start with a, with an acupuncture or a, or a massage or, you know, something like that. But then we're going to go to the doctor and then maybe we're going to be like, hit a brick wall. So if we're lucky, we're going to hit a brick wall, and we're going to have to do some spiritual work, really. This stuff is cool. As you learn your soul lessons, your biology changes accordingly. You become more free. You have more circulation. You have more of the relaxation response. So we've talked a lot in this series about the stress response and the relaxation response. This is one great way to get into the relaxation response. In this world, you are given as you give, and you are forgiven as you forgive. While you go your way through each lovely day, you create the future you live. Peace, pilgrim. Does anybody, has anybody heard of Peace Pilgrim? Kathy, Cal? Hill? Mm -mm. Okay. So I had to Google her because anytime I find a quote, I'm like, well, do we, you know, do I care what this person's saying? Like, who, what are they, you know, who are they? So she was born Mildred Lisette Norman, was an American non-denominational spiritual teacher, mystic, pacifist, vegetarian activist, and peace activist. In 1952, she became the first woman to walk the entire length of the Appalachian Trail in one season. She also walked across the United States at least eight times, but more likely, but likely more than 20 times. And here's what else she said. In order for the world to become peaceful, people must become more peaceful. Among mature people, war would not be a problem. It would be impossible. I, I love that line. Among mature people, war would not be a problem. It would be impossible. In their immaturity, people want, at the same time, peace and the things which, war, which make war. However, people can mature just as children grow up. Yes, our institutions and our leaders reflect our immaturity, but as we mature, we will elect better leaders and set up better institutions. It always comes back to the thing many of us wish to avoid, working to improve ourselves. But we all only have one vote, but if we continue to say, if we continue where, to where do that. that. Oh, I don't, I, I didn't give you this. Did you, oh, okay, here you go, here you go, here you go. I'll print that out for anybody else. I, this is 19 pages, so I didn't print out everything. Okay, we heard a big sigh of, okay. Anybody else wants that, we'll get it for you afterwards. <laughs> oh my goodness, okay. Ultimately, forgiveness is a choice we make, and the ability to forgive others comes from the recognition that we are all flawed and all human. We, have all, we all have made mistakes and harmed others. We will again. We find it easier to practice forgiveness when we can recognize that the roles could have been reversed. 
Each of us could have been the perpetrator rather than the victim. Each of us has the capacity to commit the wrongs against others that were committed against us. This is also from the tutus. Um, you know, as a recovering alcoholic and um, anything else that you could be addicted to, um, resentment is the number one offender. Like, when you get sober, that's one of the things that we just cannot afford to even mess around with, or we're going to drink again, because life becomes so unbearable. But I think even if you're not an addict or an alcoholic, I think that, that having resentments is still going to cause problems. So even if you haven't taken it to the extreme where you absolutely have to deal with this, it's just like everything else. If you choose to deal with it and you choose to go deeper, it's going to only benefit you. Like most of the things that we learn in Alcoholics Anonymous would benefit everybody. We just go so deep that we absolutely have to do it or we're going to die. People, remember we talked last week about how the, the um, ego doesn't want us to go into crisis because then we really are going to do some work. It's that same idea. Like a lot of alcoholics find a spiritual path because we've gone so low, we have to. But people that are going a little bit, it's going to still be very beneficial um, uh, for making life better. So, yeah, um, to err is human, to forgive is divine. So staying with that idea of um, ultimately we need to realize that we're all flawed and we're all human. Because the next question is, is there anyone who doesn't deserve forgiveness? I mean, what about the terrorists or the child molesters or, you know, some of the really bad people out there? I mean, we're talking about, you know, are they, do they deserve our forgiveness? And the tutus talk about this at length in this book. So I picked out a couple of my favorite paragraphs, but basically... Well, let's read those first. Let us condemn ghastly acts, but let us never relinquish the hope that the doers of the most heinous deeds can and may change. And, and again, we're not talking about people that, we're talking about people that live in South Africa that are in the middle of helping people forgive and make peace. So this is, they're not just spouting off here. Um, forgiveness does not erase accountability. It's not about turning a blind eye or even turning the other cheek. It's not about letting someone off the hook or saying it's okay to do something monstrous. Forgiveness is simply about understanding that every one of us is both inherently good and inherently flawed. Within every hopeless situation and every seemingly hopeless person lies the possibility of transformation. So they also make the point in there that no one's born a rapist or a murderer. We all started as babies. And we all are products of a combination of things, depending on if you believe in karma or just genetics and nurture and nature. But, but, but we, we all ha are inherently flawed. And some of us just got nurtured in the more flawed way. And, and, and to remember that when it comes to forgiving. Because if we continue, and again, it's important that it doesn't mean they're not going to be held accountable, but... When we don't forgive and we hold these resentments and we hate all people that are now, you know, look like they could be terrorists, we're just perpetrating the fear and we're just keeping the cycle going. So learning to forgive is, is hugely important for our own well-being and for the survival of our species, really. Um, it may not happen in our lifetime, but, you know, we're all coming back, I think, for another one, so let's try to... Keep that going. And then here's another one from Marianne Williamson, and this is from The Course of Miracles. There is no they, only us. 
We are part of a large fellowship called the human race. We all hurt the same. We all love the same. We all bleed the same. We all need understanding and care. We can't separate ourselves from one another. We are all part of the same vast sea of love, one indivisible divine mind. Um, you know, and the thing is, is that what we're doing is not working anyway. I mean, the prison system is like, what, one of the fastest growing institutions in the country? We're not rehabilitating people. We're not, we're, we're, we're just, we're not solving the problem. And it doesn't mean, I'm not against prison system, don't get me wrong, I'm, I, but when we hold this state of unforgiveness, the solutions are not coming. And when we don't make love the bottom line. But we're here to seek joy, so it's just for us. But when we're joyful, that's going to grouse roots out. When people are around us, what's going on with you? You can share, you know, we, who knows where this could lead? I mean, imagine if everybody then influenced three people who influenced. I mean, imagine that. We, we really do have that. And people are doing that. That's happening, right? This book is out there. People are getting this. So uh, some people, just a little list, just in case anybody's not sure. Um, some people we may want to forgive. Um, so it's funny. I made this list, and I was reading through it, and I totally forgot spouses. I was like, oh, spouses and former spouses. Let me put that on there. Parents, children, siblings, friends. You know, some, some people are mad at all women. Women. Or mad at all men. Men. Right? And the battle of the sexes. Right? You know? And men are mad at men. And, you know, institutions. I mean, you know, I've had to do some writing about that. So thanks. You bet. Um, politicians, let's just not even go there tonight, right? We could just take up the rest of the hour. Terrorists, criminals, anyone who done you wrong, right? And then this is the big one, is yourself. So we're going get to get to that at the end, but that's, that's a big one. And, you know, um, in my recovery, it's interesting because oftentimes I start with doing it, it's easier for me to forgive someone else, and then I learn how to forgive myself. Sometimes it would be the opposite for people, right? They could do practice more compassion on themselves and then be more compassionate to other people. So, you know, see. So, getting into the nitty-gritty here. It starts with a willingness to start the journey. So, all you need to do to start this is just say, I'm willing to try. I'm willing to be open. I'm willing to be willing to forgive. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I really don't actually want to yet, but I am hearing what you're saying. I want more joy. I want freedom. I want out of the cage. I want a better metabolism. I want to heal my body. There you go. That's your willingness. That's all it takes, right? And um, part of the cure is the willingness to heal, Seneca. Same thing with Marianne. Here's Marianne Williamson again. The first step in forgiveness is the willingness to forgive. So even not knowing how to do it, even not knowing how long it's going to take, just being willing and open is, is the beginning. Um, a couple of things about what it's not. This is all from the book of forgiving. I, this is, um, I took directly out of there. What forgiveness is not. It's not easy. It requires hard work and a consistent willingness. Forgiveness is not weakness. It requires courage and strength. So it's not weak to forgive. Again, it doesn't mean we're not holding people accountable. It just means we're forgiving what's happened. It doesn't mean that they're not accountable. I think it's a big difference there. Forgiveness does not subvert justice. It, it creates space for justice to be enacted with a purity of purpose that does not include revenge. 
so we don't keep the cycle going. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It requires a fearless remembering of a hurt. Because we, as you'll see later in this talk, we have to get honest about what happened. So it's, it's being honest. This is what happened. This is how it felt. This is what's going on. Um, forgiveness is not quick. It can take several journeys through the cycles of remembering and grief before one can truly forgive and be free. So the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. That was Gandhi that said that. And then I like the other side too. The healing doesn't mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls our lives. So we're just looking for freedom. So the next few pages... Like I said before, this is going to be, um, I'm hoping is going to be some inspiration. Um, we're not, tonight's, it's just too big to do a full in-depth, we're going to do this tonight. But I have some ideas, and so maybe one will resonate with you. This is um, a mantra that I learned when I was in Mexico from my yoga teacher, but it's from a Hawaiian, how do you say it, Hillary? I hope, ho, oh. I thought oh, you, you, you were telling me about yeah, this one. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Anyway, it's a, <laughs> it's a thing. Kathy, you know this one. Yeah. 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 So it's four lines. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And it's a really, um, I use this for about six weeks when I got back from Mexico in my meditations. I would spend five minutes repeating just with my... Um, Mala, just one per bead and breathing and just going through it. And you can change the order. So you could start, you can change it up, however. And it's really powerful, I think. I found a lot of, I found a lot of peace from this. And um, it really moved some serious emotion for did me. Did you direct it, Ange, or did you just say it? I just said it so with the intention of where does it need to go. And it always came, it was always inward for me it was always like it oh I always just felt it for myself like just forgiving myself thanking myself telling myself I'm sorry just that's because I've done I've done a lot of writing and work around releasing resentments through being sober for 12 years so I just didn't feel like I had anything but when she started doing it I just tears just I, I just every time I did it for a, a while and then they stopped and then I've done some other things now, but it was really powerful. So that's one idea. Take it or leave it. Um, you can sing it if you're a singer. You can, I mean, I actually sing it. I won't sing it for you since I'm not a singer, but that was kind of cool. You can do it while you're walking. I've done that. Um, you know, do a, do a nice meditative walk outside and do this little... Ch I, love, I love it. I think it's really powerful. So. Um, so that's idea one, but it's so pretty. I didn't put idea one on it, but here's idea one. Here's idea two, but it says idea one. So the fourfold path, this is from the book of forgiving, which is what it says. Oh, I put the book of forgiveness, but it's the book of forgiving. And they basically talk about what we just discussed in length, like why, who, what, blah, blah, blah. And then they have these four steps, telling the story. We're going to do some writing on this tonight, naming the hurt, granting forgiveness, renewing or releasing the relationship. We're going to go deeper into these things, but... This is one idea of a way to have like some actual, this is what you do. I mean, it's really like if you're looking for, you know, this is not just an idea. This is what you do. They have a summary. They have a meditation. They have a stone ritual. And they have a journal exercise after every part. So it could be a pretty powerful thing. 
Um, and then this is from the book, The Revenge Cycle and The Forgiveness Cycle. So there's, you see in there the pain, and then if you take the revenge cycle, choosing to harm, rejecting our shared humanity, revenge, retaliation, pay, re payback, violence, cruelty, back to hurt, harm less, and back to pain. So we just get stuck in that revenge cycle, right? And they're talking about you get the pain, someone harms you, you choose to heal, and then you go through these four steps to get out of it. So, so that's idea one. Idea two. I did not read this book, but I love these steps. Um, and I definitely want to put this on my radar to read. Um, this book is called Forgive for Good. Fred Luskin, I think he's done quite a bit from what I could see online. It looks like he's done quite a bit of um, actual, he has some scientific research to back him up. But um, I like these steps. Um, know exactly how you feel about what happened and be able to articulate what about the situation is not okay then tell a trusted couple of people about your experience. You know, I want to mention, and this is also from Louise Hay, um, this is going to be in the suggestions. Um, you know, this is sort of like um, house cleaning, right? Um, you've got to go through the closet and there's a dead mouse in there. Like, you, you've got to go in and you've got to get the dead mouse out. So you, you've got to talk it, you've got to name it, you've got to talk about it with someone. But you wouldn't keep the mouse in, in a little box in the house and then pull it out to revisit it, right? <laughs> like, you do this. But you don't just continue and continue and continue. You start and you continue moving on, right? I mean, so we talk about the laws of attraction a lot in here, and we don't want to we don't want to spiritually bypass. We want to feel what's really going on. We want to clean up. We want to clean out the closet, right? We want to do what needs to be done, but we also want to keep that moving. So it would be, you know, um, I'm not sure what he says in this book, but I know what Louise Hay says in here, she talks about a couple of different meditations you can do, and one of them is actually going deeper into it, and she says you wouldn't want to do this all the time, right? But it may be really powerful to do it. So I think it's important to be heard, to be able to acknowledge it. I think it's important not to get stuck there. Well, I'm going to pull in, you know, that went so well with this trusted person, I'm going to talk to a few other trusted people and then another trusted person so I can just really get some people on my side. You, you can tell the difference there, right? You, you just want to be aware of that. And then again, this is talking about the willingness. Make a commitment to yourself to do what you have to do and to feel better. Like, do you want to, how free do you want to be? That's the question. I mean, being really free and being on the path of joy takes some work and takes some commitment. Um, forgiveness does not necessarily mean reconciliation with the person that hurt you or condoning of their actions. So similar to what the tutus say, what you're after is to find peace. Number four, get the right perspective on what is happening. Recon this is a really interesting one. Recognize that your primar primary distress is coming from the hurt feelings, thoughts, and physical upset that you're suffering now, not what offended you or hurt you two minutes or ten years ago. Forgiveness helps to heal those hurt feelings. So We'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into resentment, but basically something happens that's painful and then we continue to relive it and it's painful again and then we relive it and it's painful again and we relive it and it's painful again. But that person isn't even involved anymore, right? I mean, who here hasn't done that? Like, I can't believe she said that to me. Like eight days later, really? She doesn't remember she said that to me. She probably doesn't even, didn't even mean anything in the first place. So reliving it, that's what's causing us more pain. So getting clear about that. Like this isn't, you know, it was interesting. Um, 
I talked to Rob about this tonight because he just loves to talk about resentments and he's just, it's just helped because he's also a sober of mine. And he, he talks about like how mad he was at his father, you know, 10 years after he was dead, he was still so mad. Like his dad is not even here. And, and just, you know, but that happens. We get stuck in that and we continue to relive it. So getting clear about that. At the moment you feel upset, practice a simple stress management technique to soothe your body's flight or fight response. So I like that idea too because, um, you know, we get into habits, right? So like people have different techniques they do to get out of habits. We Meditation is a great, um, you know, we talked about that linchpin habit in the morning to get us started for the day to help change the way the habits go the rest of the day. Some people will wear reminders, you know, and there's all kinds of things that you can do too. Um, so you kind of have a plan. Give up expecting things from other people or your life that they do not choose to give you. <laughs> um, give up expecting things from other people or your life that they do not choose to give you. You know, this is another one Mark David talks about a lot. Like, you start learning to choose what we have and stop wishing for a different life. Like at some point we have to start saying, this is what I've been given, now what am I gonna do? Because when we're constantly wishing that it was something else, that puts us into the stress response and it doesn't actually get us somewhere else. Like it's only by accepting that this is the cards we've been dealt. And I like the idea of these are the cards we chose. We've talked about that in here. I mean, I love the idea that we chose these paths. You can choose to believe that or not, but but regardless, getting on board, this is what is. And we talked about that a lot in acceptance. That's going to help a lot. Um, recognize the unenforceable rules you have for your health and how you or other people must behave. Remind yourself that you can have hope for health, love, peace, and prosperity and work hard to get them. Put your energy into looking for another way to get your positive goals met rather than through the experience that has hurt you. Instead of mentally replaying your hurt, seek out new ways to get what you want. Eight, remember that a life well lived is your best revenge. There you go. Although, yeah. Um, instead of focusing on your wounded feelings and thereby giving the person who caused you pain power over you, learn to look for the love, beauty, and kindness around you. Forgiveness is about personal power. I agree with that part of it. Forgiveness is about personal power. Amend your grievance story to remind you of the heroic choice to forgive. So we're going to do a little writing on that. Um, so what I what I was drawn to about this is just the I, and what I'm drawn to about the the fourfold path is this idea that we we're getting honest about what really happened, like giving the getting the opportunity to be honest, and that's what Marianne Williamson, I think, is talking about in this quote. The more room you give yourself to express your true thoughts and feelings, the more room there is for your wisdom to emerge. So we say it, we are heard by someone safe, we move, we go through the process and towards releasing it. If we really want to love, we must learn how to forgive, Mother Teresa. She knew a little bit about forgiveness, I think. Idea three, the 12-step process. So you find someone safe, you work the steps, and you'll learn how to forgive. That's another option. Um, some of you may not have an addiction, but there's, if you do, or, you know, you can always just go with something like codependency. There's, it's amazing. That's another way to work into forgiveness. Um, I did really enjoy this little Wikipedia definition of resentment, so I put it in there because I had a little chuckle. 
Um, resentment, also called ranklement or bitterness. <laughs> Rankle. Um, not classified among Paul Ekman's six basic emotions of surprise, disgust, happiness, sadness, anger, and fear is the foundation of hatred. Resentment is the foundation of hatred. Resentment comprises the three basic emotions of disgust, sadness, and surprise, the perception of injustice. Resentment is a mixture of disappointment, anger, and fear. As the surprise of injustice becomes, injustice becomes less frequent, so too does anger and fear fade, leaving disappointment as the predominant emotion. So to the extent perceived disgust and sadness remain, so does the level of disappointment remain. Um, resentment comes from the French word, which means relive. So it's you relive it, you relive it, you relive it, you relive it. Um, I did not look up who Dodinsky is, but I still, I didn't care because I like this quote so much. Forgive, it doesn't erase their crime, but why should you do the time? <laughs> right? Does anybody know who that is? Yeah. Let go of resentment. And then, of course, we all know Lily Tomlin. Forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past. <laughs> so, Okay, so that's idea three. Idea four, Louise Hay meditations, You Can Heal Your Life, page 90 through 93. We're going to do one of them at the end tonight if we have time. Um, the very person you find hardest to forgive is the one you need to let go of the most. That's from Louise Hay. And this is also Louise Hay at the bottom. I release the need to blame anyone, including myself. We are all doing the best we can with the understanding, knowledge, and awareness we have. That's another way of saying we have a shared humanity. We are all flawed. So therefore, the, you know, we've all wronged people. We've all been wronged. And yes, some of the wrongs are more heinous than others, absolutely. But how, do we, how can we possibly know what is happening? We can't. There's no way. So we forgive because... We have a shared humanity with people. Okay, self-forgiveness. Um, so this is from the tutus, these bullet points. I want to, um, and I did not print this one out, but I will give it and print it out. I'm going to read a little piece of it um, because I feel like they say it so much better than I can. Self-forgiveness, lack of self-forgiveness can affect every area of our lives, our health, careers, relationships, parenting, and our general happiness and well-being. When we are unforgiving of ourselves, we experience the same harmful emotional and physical effects as when we are unforgiving of others. Holding on to self-blame keeps us stuck in a prison of the past and limits the potential that lies within the present moment. We can so easily make ourselves victims of our own thoughts and feelings of guilt and shame for what we have done. Make no mistake, we must be accountable for our actions but when we stay stuck in the unhappy story of what we have done, when we make an identity out of our past actions, when we make an identity out of our past actions, we deny ourselves the gift of transformation. We can all learn from the mistakes of our past. Learning from the past is not the same as being held hostage by what we have done. At some stage, we must let go of the past and begin again. We have said repeatedly that no one is undeserving of forgiveness, and this includes you. I know it can still be difficult to offer ourselves that forgiveness we can so freely give to others. Perhaps we hold ourselves to a higher standard than the standard to which we hold other people. If we, think, if we think carefully, we recognize this double standard as a small piece of arrogance. I'm a better person than he or she is, so I should behave better. So I found that to be a pretty powerful mm -hmm. sentence. 
<clears throat> no one is bad and among us, and, um, and no, none among us should be defined as the sum total of our worst actions. Renee Brown, talks, Brene Brown talks about this a lot. I did something bad, I am bad, any difference there? Just really, and if we've done something bad, there's, al there's always the opportunity to be forgiven, always. And even if we've done something bad to someone that doesn't forgive us, it doesn't mean that we can't forgive ourselves. We take responsibility, we ask forgiveness, we forgive ourselves. We don't have to live there because we're human and we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. We are all defined by what we have done. We are not defined. Whoa. Woo. We do. We are, we are not defined by what we have done. Wow, that was a slip. We have all been so conditioned to believe that we are held in high esteem because of the things we do, not because of who we are. In truth, our worth has nothing to do with performance, but this belief can make it very difficult to forgive ourselves when we do wrong. So this is just another angle to work on some of this shame stuff that we're plagued with in this society. Just another angle to, to come around to Brene Brown stuff. Um, Self-forgiveness, the key points, this is from the Tutu's book, we become imprisoned in our past and we, when we do not forgive ourselves. So it's the same idea, we're in the same prison. We're just in jail, suffering. Self-imposed suffering, self-imposed stress response, self-imposed cortisol, making us fatter, like we don't need this. If you have not sought forgiveness from your victim, do so. Forgiving yourself will be easier after you've sought forgiveness from your victim. We do not heal in isolation. Connecting with others is how we develop compassion for ourselves and for others and for ourselves. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Okay, and then I love this from Wayne Dwyer. Um, forgiveness is the most powerful thing that you can do for your physiology and your spirituality. Just in case you didn't get it from Mark David, now I'm giving it to you from Wayne Dwyer. We're just pulling out the experts here. Yet it remains one of the least attractive things to us, largely because our egos rule so unequivocally. To forgive is somehow associated with saying that it is all right, that we accept the evil deed. But this is not forgiveness. Forgiveness means that you fill yourself with love and you radiate that love outward and refuse to hang on to the venom or hatred that was in engendered by the behaviors that caused the wounds. So it's another way of saying making love the bottom line. How many different ways can I say it from different, or how many different people can I get to say it? So um, first journaling question of the night. Think of the things you must give up or let go of in order to forgive. This is from this book. This could include things like the right to, right to revenge or the expectation of an apology, the expectation of the person you're forgiving doing it differently. They may not do it differently. They may not be interested in this spiritual path. Or this is one that I came up with for me in order to forgive myself. I've got to let go of the idea of perfection. Got to let that go or else it's going to get in the way. I'm going to make mistakes. Going to make mistakes. So we'll do a little writing. You'll do a little writing. Um, if you, you know, hopefully something resonates. If nothing resonates, that's fine. You can doodle. <laughs> draw pictures. And maybe you want to draw pictures. That's fine. Maybe this is, you know, it's fine. Think of the things you must give up or let go of in order to forgive. Just start writing and, and uh, I'm going to give you two minutes and we'll see how it goes.
<clears throat> so, when I was getting ready for this talk, I was really um, contemplating the question, the writing tonight. And um, so, the next question is part of the fourfold path, and it says, "Write the story of how you were wronged." So, some of us have a lot of wrongs. So, you might want to pick one because we're only going to spend two minutes. But I wanted to put it down and just do it anyway. Um, that's what I finally decided on because I thought that um, then if we wanted to, um, we just you could just see how it feels, and it might inspire people to continue on. Okay, or buy this book and continue on. And it might not be long enough to actually get the entire story out, but maybe bullet points. Um, or and, and again, maybe start with a smaller one if you have many, or start with the biggest one if you have many. So it, there's no right or wrong. We're not judging it. We're, we're just going to try it. Um, and again, you could just not do that at all. If you're not ready to do that, that's fine. This is part of the four-fold path, and basically... It's telling what happened. So it's not trying to be all spiritual and, oh, I was okay with it anyway. That, that's not it. It's the truth. This is what happened. This is what happened to me. This is what blah, blah, blah did to me. Okay, this is the dead mouse that's going to take it out of the closet. We're not putting a bow on it and trying to make it sound all spiritual. Okay? All right. Um, So um, if you decide to do the fourfold path in depth, more de in depth, they have, they suggest talking about it um, with safe people. And um, 
So safe people would be someone who's not trying to fix it for you, someone who's not trying to one-up you, oh, this is what happened to me, you know, but you, just someone who will listen. Um, and if, in, if you need somebody, there's also forgiveness story websites, which I didn't actually have time to get on, but I put them on here, and I thought that was, would be pretty cool, so people can be heard and tell their stories. So I think that's, and then, so that may be appealing. And then I also really like this quote, um, a lost coin is found by means of a candle. The deepest truth is found by means of a simple story. So, anyway. Okay, so that was the story. So that's um, step one of the fourfold path. And then step two, journaling question number three, is name the hurt. So write the feelings and emotions that you experienced and maybe keep experiencing. So the difference between telling the story is now how did it feel, right? Does that make sense? Um, so we'll do another two minutes here. Exciting. Um, <laughs> I love this. Okay. Uh, moving from victim to hero. So part of the actual forgiveness, step three, is to rewrite the story and also to find within the story um, our shared humanity. So... Um, it's a combination, and this is, again, I'm not doing this book justice, and this is where I was kind of on the fence because it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, hopefully this is making sense, but 
basically becoming the hero and rewriting it and making it possible to actually do the forgiveness is how has this made you a stronger person? How has this experience changed you in a way and shaped your life in a way that's made you who you are, which is maybe pretty awesome. And also, along with that, maybe an easier place to start with that is can you find compassion for the person that wronged you? Can you imagine them as a toddler? Can you imagine the things that could have possibly shaped them that caused them to react the way they reacted? Because, again, none of us are born murderers. We were babies. Then we could barely walk. Like, we were not wielding knives at that point. And even if, as children, people have done horrendous things, those children have been in an atmosphere where that was what they... That's what they were. That's what they've seen, right? Um, and I'm not blaming everything on the environment. Obviously, I mean we come in with a certain set of genetics, and that's why there can be two children that are raised in the exact same household that can be very different, right? But we come we come into this world innocent, and even if there is karma and we do have lessons to learn from that, we still there's as a society this is what's happened. So, so. Again, this is not a super long time, so maybe what part of that resonates for you tonight in what you've been writing about. Um, but basically, you're gonna, you're just like I say is my special gift. You're the spin doctor, right? You're gonna, how are you gonna spin it so that this is about, even if it's just over and over, it's making me stronger. It's making me stronger. Okay, 
So um, the last um, part of the fourfold path is either renewing or releasing the relationship. So um, I'm going to just read you a couple more. This is also not one of the 19 pages, um, but um, what does it mean to renew or release the relationship? You might think that you are not in a relationship with the stranger who assaulted you or the person in prison who killed your loved one or the cheating spouse you divorced so many years ago, but a relationship is created and maintained by the very act of harm that stands between you. This relationship, like every relationship that calls for forgiveness, must either be renewed or released. So we're in it anyway. So we might as well elevate it and make love the bottom line. Renewing our relationship is how we harvest the fruits that forgiveness has planted. Renewal is not an act of restoration. We do not make a carbon copy of the relationship we had before the hurt or insult. Renewing a relationship is a creative act. We make a new relationship. It is possible to build a new relationship regardless of the realities of the old relationship. So one of the relationships that they were talking about in this book was this couple whose daughters were killed in a car accident by a drunk driver. And the woman that was drink, drunk driver, she went to prison um, for her, for killing, for her murder, basically, for killing these, this couple's daughters. And when she was getting ready to get, she got sober in prison. And <clears throat> she set about the path of trying to forgive herself. Um, it's a pretty uh, in, amazing story. And the couple decided they wanted to be freer, so they forgave her. And now they're in relationship in that they tour around together and give talks about the dangers of drunk driving and the power of forgiveness. I mean, it is a crazy story. It is so amazing. But they're in relationship anyway. So they decided, the couple decided to forgive her. And she, it took a while, decided to accept that forgiveness. It is very, very interesting. So um, I just, I think that that was one of the biggest pieces for me in reading this book is that we're in the relationship anyway. Like we kind of, we kind of, I just kind of don't think about that. Um, and um, so renewing, your, this is the bullet points from the back, from the two twos. Um, the preference is always to renew unless there's a question of safety. That's their suggestion. Ask for what you need from the perpetrator in order to renew or release the relationship. So obviously, you wouldn't probably, even if you forgave someone, if they didn't want the forgiveness or they wanted to continue doing harm, you would probably release that, right? Uh, we're certainly not talking about that. You may need an apology, an explanation, a tangible object, or to never see that person again. Look at your part in any conflict. So there's always two parts to things, and I'm going to read a little bit more about that because that's kind of an interesting idea, I think. Um, when you renew a relationship, it's stronger for what you have been through, but it is always different. So we don't just, that's not what it's about. By renewing or releasing the relationship, you free yourself from victimhood and trauma because, again, it's about us being free. And there's another Louise Hay. When you forgive, you don't change the past. You change the future. What they say, so... This is, I thought this was interesting. Um, see what you think of this. There are times when we truly did nothing, as when a stranger robs us. But even, when we, even then, we have a role in permitting or participating in a society where such desperation exists. 
I do not say this to inspire guilt or apportion blame, since no one person creates a society, but each of us does have a role in the society we have created. We can take responsibility for our part in a way that frees us from being a victim and allows us to open our hearts. We are always at our best when compassion enables us to recognize the unique pressures and singular stories of people on the other side of our conflicts. This is true for, of any conflict from a personal spat to an international dispute. Um, so the, the last page is more about this. Um, so this, um, an anthropologist proposed a game to children of an African tribe. He put a basket of fruit near a tree and told the kids that the first one to reach the fruit would win them all. When he told them to run, they all took each other's hands and ran together, then sat down together enjoying the fruits. When asked why they ran like that, one, as one could have taken all the fruit for oneself, they said, Ubuntu, how can one of us be happy if all the others are sad? So Ubuntu is a philosophy of African tribes that can be summed up as, I am because we are. So that's more about that last paragraph. Um, and this is the last little bit from the tutus. It says, we all have a part in creating a society that creates a perpetrator. Therefore, I have a part not only in every conflict I may find myself in personally, but in every conflict happening right now in my family, in my community, in my nation, and around the globe. This thought may seem overwhelming. The gift hidden in the challenge of Ubuntu is that we don't need to walk the corridors of power to build peace. Each of us can create a more peaceful world from wherever in the world we each stand. So I thought that would be, um, that was in the section at the very end of the book. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself to forgive. Forgive everybody, Mayo Angelou. So um, I have one last little thing. I'm going to keep it very short. Um, I want to do one of these Louise Hay meditations, super short one, about forgiveness. And there's more, so it's in your notes. If anyone needs to borrow my book, or you need, if you don't own this book, this is an awesome book. I buy it. You can heal your life. I mean, who doesn't love Louise Hay? And this is one of the, I don't know if they still have this one, but this one is just like, it's got pictures, and the pages are really, that's really nice. Okay. So, sit comfortably, <clears throat> take a couple of deep breaths, close your eyes if you would like, just allow yourself to enjoy your breath, find relaxation. And you're going to imagine that right now you're sitting in a darkened theater and in front of you is a small stage. On that stage, place the person you resent the most. It could be someone in the past or present, living or dead. When you see this person clearly, visualize good things happening to this person. things that would be meaningful to him or her. See this person smiling and happy.
this person's going to slowly, smiling, happy, fade into the distance. And as they fade, you find yourself up on this stage. And you see all the good things happening to you. And you see yourself smiling and happy. are so aware that the abundance of the universe is available to all of us. One more deep breath in. Exhale it out. Blink the eyes open. Anybody, um, you're, it's over if you want it to be over, if anybody wants to be done. If you would like to, does anybody have anything that came up they'd like to share? If you do, great. Um, if you, you know, um, I think this might not be the best time to actually share the story. I don't think this is the right time of night with what we just did. But if anybody wants to do that through email with me, I'm happy to do that or listen at some point um kind of busy with work right now but i'm definitely on your radar that to listen um but did anybody have anything else that was just helpful tonight that they wanted to just share or cat well i mean i could just say that i i got a little movement on a thing that i haven't had movement oh good some such it's hard to keep track in the 19 pages let's see not the story <laughs> not the hurt feeling on the well moving from victim to hero I didn't quite rewrite the story but I decided to see it from the other person's perspective in a way Ooh. So. and it felt a little different yeah cool I like that there's another one of the Louise Hay ones is to visualize the person as a small child. And you start with yourself as a small child and comfort yourself and then you get good at it and then you plug in. So that can be helpful. That's cool. I got, I got a pretty big hit. Because um, the big, my big um, Achilles heel is forgiving myself. So I got a really big hit from writing this um, about that holding yourself to a higher standard. That was pretty powerful for me. And then with the writing, um, you know, I, I get really judgmental of myself when I kind of fall apart on the weekends, which I do once in a while when I'm too tired. And um, so just forgiving myself for falling apart on the weekends and then forgiving myself for being so judgmental. So it was kind of interesting to be on both sides of it. Um, but that was pretty, that was pretty big. I can, I'm pretty judgmental of myself. I didn't actually realize that because I, you know, as long as I'm feeling good and I'm out doing all my stuff, I, there's no, you know, but it's when I kind of 
have a little too much couch time with a few, a few too many potato chips that I get annoyed. So that was interesting. Anybody else? Yeah, I like that process. Yeah, I had some I stuff happen at work today, and it was like, I can do three weeks for Vivian than I could before. Oh. Because of this and being able to talk talk to friends. Really? So I go fast to get stuck in it. Yeah. But I think this process helped a lot. They talk about that in, in this book, like how when you start doing this, as a regular thing, that, that that is what can happen, is it just starts to move quickly. Someone cuts you off in traffic, you're annoyed, you name, you name it, you're like, God, you know, I'm late too, and then you find this, like, you know, maybe they're, you know, take, maybe their husband just yelled at them, or maybe their kid needs to go to the doctor, or maybe they're, you know, whatever. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, thank that's, you for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I good. love this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Nice job. Thank you. I'm gonna go order the books right now. Yeah, me too. I know you guys. I mean, <laughs> I go. I, I am not kidding you. I loved this I book, and I I can't remember um, how I got turned onto it, but it was someone who was talking about because I'm so into how do you actually do it? Yeah, like I love it. Job. We talk about this in twelve step meeting all the time. Like I just let it go. Well, how do you actually do that? You know, and how do you do forgiveness? And in the fourth step in the twelve step processes. Very helpful for forgiveness, but I really liked this also. This was a very different approach. And I think that's what I... You wanted... I'm waving my hand. Go ahead, so, sweetie. I think that's what's really nice and makes it a very loving approach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which is is nice. It's not as like the, you know, the pre-step step. Yeah. The... Um, Carrying the stone ritual, they have a stone ritual after each chapter, and the first one is, um, so this is talking about why forgive, and then it says, you'll need a palm-sized stone. For the space of one morning, approximately six hours, hold the stone in your non-dominant hand. Do not set the stone down for any reason during this period. At the end of six hours, proceed to the journal exercise. <laughs> and then it says, what did you notice about carrying the stone? When did you notice it most? Did it hinder any of your activities? <laughs> was it ever useful? In what ways was carrying the stone like carrying an unforgiven hurt? Make a list of the people you need to forgive in your life. Make a list of those you would like to have forgive you. I just there's do, one of do those they say after each exercise that you actually put your thing on the stone. Uh, not on this one, but. Um, there's more, like everyone has something by Caroline. My husband, I have to meet go, him, go, or he's going to be buying the book. Though. Okay, okay. <laughs> by Caroline. Um, but there's a different stone exercise after each chapter. So uh, I didn't do it. I was going to do it, and I didn't do it. And I will do it because I think it's really neat. But um, something on stone. Well, and then there's marking the path. I mean, there's you do even you do like you yeah. get the four. Anyway, you're going to love this. You know, I can't get over your talent. I mean, really. I mean, right, you guys? Mm -hmm. oh, this and this beautiful paper. I can't feel regular paper anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong? And just everything that you've done here, Angela, is like unfrickin' believable. Thank you. Yeah, oh, thank you. Nope. Thank you. You know, I like this last quote in the black. I know. Because it reminds me of you. Because you're the one that's like, okay, you guys hold hands, and we're all going to, like, rise together. 
And that's what you're doing doing this. Thank you. It's so weird how we all ended up here together. I know. This is such a great group. And I just love it so group. much. It's the intro group, right? This is the first one, right? Well, we did it this fall. Yeah. We did a thing this fall. So yeah. this, is, this is round two. But this one was the big top. This was the heavy hitters. <laughs> Every week as I'm getting ready for this, I say to Rob, I go, what? What was I? I, I was like, wow, I'm just going to take a huge bite. <laughs> yeah. But when you're talking about joy, I mean, we're talking about big stuff. Mm -hmm. So wow. this is big. This forgiveness one was big. And we have how many more? We have you? one more. One more. So next wow. week is Power of the Heart, Ooh. Living from Your Heart. Um, so, and I have to say this. I, I, these things are kind of building on each other. And when I set down the, you know, the, when I wrote it out and I was like, this is what I want to do, I didn't actually think it through. And every time I do it, I'm like, oh, this, I'm so glad that was first, and this is next, and this is next. It was really, really, I feel really, um, yeah. I feel like I had divine intervention because it seems to be really yeah. building on each other. And what's the next By one? accident. <laughs> no, but what, what is the next one that you're doing? So the next one that I'm doing is after spring break, and it's going to start in um, the third. And I, the things are at the printer. Um, it's going to start the third week of April. It's going to be a six-week series. It's going to be totally different. It's going to be, um, we're going to talk about um, your fabulous summer body. So we're going to talk about different um, things to get ready for summer. And the different ideas, because what's happening, I think, is people have either, like, I ignore the body, who cares, I look whatever, and I'm fine with it, and I accept, and I'm not going to pay attention, or people are obsessed, like, I need to look like this, I need to look like this. And there's so much in the middle where we just learn these healthy self-care things, we learn these spiritual soul lessons, you know, and it, it's, and so we're going to kind of address, we're going to try to bring in both, and according to whatever is calling to you. So I have this list of all these things and what we're going to do the first session is we're going to talk about this list and all these ideas of like it's going to be kind of like a spring cleanse and we're going to do it in May and it could be physical things like green smoothies every day or um, a sugar detox or something like that or it could be more of a spiritual like I'm going to meditate I'm going to you know I'm not going to multitask that was one I did for when so there's going to be this huge list, and we're going to talk a little bit about each of them, and you're going to circle which ones are calling to you. And then the homework that week is going to be to pick the ones that you're really interested in. And part of that talk will also be like sometimes it'll be, so for some people, they're going to have a list. For some people, they're going to like two, right? It's just going to depend on what you're, so it's going to be about tuning in. Um, and then the next week, what we're going to do is we're going to actually create the checklist. So it will be similar to like what we did with the vision boards. Everybody will have their little pins out and we'll be writing them out. And, and I, am, of course, will be the spin doctor because we don't say things like, I'm not eating sugar. We'll say things like, I'm going to eat more vegetables three times a week. Or, you know, I'm going to eat vegetables for dinner three times a week or something like that. So we put in the positive. And, um, and then I'm going to take your checklists and I'm going to put them into my computer and I'm going to create little challenge lists for you and everybody will get four and then the challenge is going to start May 1st or yeah I think May 1st is a Sunday and it's going to be a four-week challenge so we'll have a different checklist list every week 
So whatever yours is, like mine are always like, I'm going to practice yoga five days a week. And, and, and it's always like, or, you know, Viparita Karani is enough if it is. And I'm going to meditate and whatever. Um, and then the following weeks, we're going to do more eating psychology talks. And one of the talks is going to be um, making yourself right. So as the checklist unfolds and things are going really well or things are coming off the rails, we're going to figure out why that's perfect and why it's right. And we're going to reevaluate. That's why we're going to do four different checklists. And the little checklists look like this. They have little pictures on them. And you get one hour of coaching with me one-on-one. Yeah. And so that's workout, what we're going to do. Right? No. And if you want to, you can add in workouts. Yeah, but that's optional. The, it's not the badass. It's the A team. It could be the badass. <laughs> There's three workout <laughs> options. The A train, the badass, or personal training. So, But the coaching separate. And the coaching times are going to be, I'm going to keep it Tuesday night. We're going to do a 10.30 on Wednesday, which is right after class. And we're going to do a 1 o'clock on Thursday. So that's the spring. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. And I'm excited about it. It'll be a little different. Um, so it's a challenge for people that like it a challenge. And it's an opportunity for people that like an opportunity. <laughs> and it's just a little vision for people that like a vision. Because it's all about what you're looking for. Okay, so there's everything that you've been wondering about for forgiveness. I highly recommend checking in to some of the books that I recommended. Um, if you want to take a deeper dive, uh, I feel like this is just the tip of the beginning of the journey. Um, I encourage you to go deeper. I think it's really important. I know from my experience in 12-step that doing the work around releasing resentments, doing the work around forgiving everybody and everything for everything, including myself, which is an ongoing process, um, is gigantic. And it's, it, it, feels like, it feels like someone pulls a big, huge rock pack, backpack, excuse me, backpack full of rocks off your back. Um, you just feel lighter. And I definitely, definitely know that this can be a heaviness that can affect metabolism. It can f affect the food choices, the health choices we make, and just our general sense of how we feel in our bodies walking around. We, we let go of resentments. We forgive everybody for everything, including ourselves, and we find a sense of lightness, along with a sense of joy. So... Um, I just, I recommend those books that we talked about in the live portion, uh, the book of forgiving, um, that Louise Hayes, you can heal your life is a great, easier place to start. The book of forgiving is very good. Um, and then the other two that we were talked, that we talked about, um, doing the mantra, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Um, you know, mixing up those four phrases is pretty cool. Um, that's very powerful. And then um, the nine steps to forgiveness, which is um, the other option. So anyway, it's all in the handouts. Thank you for listening. It was another long one. I'm really impressed that you're still here. And uh, back next week with How to Live from Your Heart. You can find me at Angela's Gym, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And be sure and email me if you're interested in some coaching this spring. All right. Thank you again. Have a great week filled with joy, filled with forgiveness, making love your bottom line. Angela Freeman here, over and out.